Hey everybody, my name is KT Temple, and again, have not really thought of a name. We're just sticking with KT Temple Podcast till we figure it out. Uh, welcome. I've got a great guest on here today. We've got Blake Ginther. He's with the Ginther Group, and you're a you're an owner as well, isn't that right, Blake? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. And which market centers are you an owner of? So uh, Winston Salem, and then also in the Triangle at Chapel Hill. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome. We're really excited to have you here. We're going to go into Blake's story. Blake has an awesome story about he, how he got into real estate. He's done a lot of really great things since he started his career. So Blake, tell us how you really got into real estate. So I, um, I first of all, in a past life, I was an, a performer. My wife yeah. and I went to school for performing. We both got BFAs in musical theater and we did Broadway shows. So yeah. between- How did gigs, you get into that? Well, honestly, man, I, since a kid, um, I- uh, was people were like, oh, you should you should sing. You should do that more uh, from from the time I was probably like 10. Um, so then I started by the time I was in middle school, kind of focusing on it, started practicing, I, you know, getting lessons. And, and then before I knew it, it was like my path was chosen. And I don't say that like in a negative way, but but ultimately, I think by my teachers and by my family, like I was going to go into performing. And it's not, I loved it. I loved it because I like um winning. I like being, I like being, uh, we all like things that I think come naturally to us, right? Like one of my favorite questions in the KPA process is, you know, how long are you willing to fail at something before you succeed? Um, and, and I always think people think the, the opposite answer of what it, for me personally, not long, right? I, I, it needs to come to me quickly or I'm probably, cause I'm probably not going to practice something that I stink at. Right. So, uh, and funny enough in business, that's the way it should be. Right. If it, you, you don't you don't need necessarily lean into your faults, you lean into your strengths. Yeah. Um, so anyway, long story short, I, I went to school for it um, and graduated from Cincinnati's Conservatory of Music, which was a factory of of basically you went there knowing you were going to graduate and get an agent and then getting an agent was half the battle. And then you would get auditions and you would put hopefully get on Broadway. So that all happened. But um, it's not as magical as people think. Right. So you, you made it to Broadway. I did. My wife and I Incredible. both did Les Mis um, on Broadway. Wow. Um, so, you know, it's like the pinnacle of what you seek out, right? For the first, my first 25 years of life was all about making on Broadway. I made it when I was 26. Um, it was like, yes, and um, was still broke. And then I realized uh, behind, once you get behind the curtain that it's a new game. Once you make it behind uh, into Broadway, the, the new game was I was going to have to wine and dine the casting directors to get into new shows. And um, my personality, as you've, you, I think before we clicked record, we were talking about how I am at meetings. I don't wine and dine well. I don't schmooze well. I'm a very straight shooter who appreciates people shooting straight with me. Um, you know, I'm not a, I, I don't, my, my southern wife uh, says she softened my bluntness. I don't think I'm, I'm, a, I'm also not a Yankee, by the way. I'm from Ohio. We Midwesterners don't think of ourselves as Yankees. Nothing wrong with that. We just aren't a Yankee. However, I do appreciate honesty, unfiltered, transparent honesty. And uh, the casting director game, schmooze game, I hated it. So I got into real estate to keep the bills paid between gigs. Um, 
I couldn't wait any more tables, right? So I was like, oh, uh, my person made a couple thousand bucks off me, and they, I, I don't feel like they did much, so I can do that. Um, and by about 07, 08, my love for real estate overtook my love for performing. And, um, and I went, you know, I can do this anywhere. Um, so I visited my wife's family in Winston-Salem, who moved here for School of the Arts for high school. Um, and they never left, like a lot of people who moved to Winston. And, um, and it was the greenest place on earth. As an Ohio boy, I was like, this place, this, the blue skies and the green, it's so green. Um, that I was like, yeah, Winston-Salem, Akron, yeah, Ohio. What, what's Ohio? Isn't it? Ohio is like the corn state. Is that right? You know, it's funny. It technically Indiana is, but I think a lot of people think of Ohio as corn. Ohio, you know, it's got Columbus, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. And it's, it's, um, it's way more populated than people think. But Ohio is super gray from Halloween to Easter. And if you don't go out of Ohio, which a lot of people don't, funny enough, in North Carolina, a lot, there's a lot of Ohioans. And those are the ones who's traveled enough to go, oh, so it's it's not just cloudy from Halloween to Easter everywhere? Like, it's not miserable for those seven months of the year? Oh, huh. And and then they never go back. And that, that, that's, you know, so move to Winston, start over um, in, in the end of 09. Um, so the bottom of the market. Yeah. Which was an ideal time, by the way. I mean, that, that I'm sure that gave you a lot of opportunity. Where I, there, I remember it from, you know, just growing up in a real estate family, how, you know, dreadful the mood was. Did that not kind of push you away at all? Or, or did that get you excited? Well, yeah, definitely. Um, I think my family tried hard to get me out of going into real estate, get, getting back into real estate, starting all over again, right? A whole new market, square one. Um, in at end of nine, beginning of 10, they tried hard. They tried hard to get me to buy a franchise. Like I Jimmy John's was on the table. Uh, they're trying to get hard to get me to do anything other than real estate. And, you know, I liked it. I wanted to be an architect growing up. Um, I always say that you don't have to like houses. Um, you just have to like houses or people. You don't have to like both. If you like both, it works well. Um, I do, I do like both. I, I wanted to be an architect, so I really love houses. Um, and I love business, right? I love, and I love finances. I like helping people. It's funny, KT, as a kid, I hated mo- Monopoly. As an adult, I love Monopoly. I like helping people make smart financial decisions while also helping them, you know, find the right fit for their life, right? So, so was that was that the big thing that really attracted you? You you were just like, man, I get to do all the other things I love. I don't get to sing and dance, but I get to be with people. I get to help those people. I get to be around beautiful houses, and that was really the calling. So the 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 market being in shambles really didn't push you away that much because of all those positives. No, I mean, I, I honestly, the number one thing was, and what, what is funny, it was I can tell you definitively that I felt like I was going to make a move to real estate full time when I made it to the pinnacle of what I was seeking. Right. Uh, when I made it to Broadway, I helped a few of my friends purchase while doing Broadway. And, um, and then I left after a year to, to pursue a really incredible opportunity to perform with my wife in Japan. Um, I came back, the show closed. So I was like, woohoo, I made the right decision. And, and then I went, you know what I'm gonna do, honey, I'm going to focus on real estate for six straight months and see if I if it overtakes 
performing. And I remember her being like, really? Like you just made Broadway. My wife's a few years older than me. She was totally content. She'd been Cosette on Les Mis. She, she had succeeded at a higher level than me. So I think she was content. So she was surprised to hear me say that. And frankly, if I'm being real with you, KT, I, I knew my wife was like kind of ready to start maybe having kids. And like, I knew she was turning a page that I hadn't turned yet. So I think she was surprised. But you know what it boiled down to was once I saw behind the curtain that I didn't control my own destiny in performing and I did control my own destiny in, in real estate, honestly, that was what attracted me. More than, more than the houses, more than architecture, more than people. It was if I work hard, I can make a great living. And, and, and honestly, that proved true in Winston. I didn't know a soul. <laughs> Still don't because I moved down here at a point where in my, you know, in my 30s, then had kids and worked hard. Still don't know as many people as I think people think I do. Yeah. Um, and, but you work hard in this industry. You, you treat people right. You work hard and you can have a phenomenal career. So let's talk about that for a second, because six months in real estate is not a lot of time uh, for, for a brand new person. They're going in there like six months. Wow, that's, that's nothing uh, to really get a career going. What did you do in those six months that really set you apart from saying, you know, oh, I can have stability in here. Most people are six months in real estate. They go, oh, my God, I need another year. To really oh, get for stable. Sure. So what for did you do in those six months that really made the difference? Well, not to deflate it a little bit, but I will say to folks who are hearing this uh, in our local, in the Carolinas especially, it was, I always say 18 to 24 months to, to really take off. And, and full disclosure, I had been in real estate since 03, and this was now, what, 07. So I'd been in, you know, in real estate at that point, off and on, between gigs, so never full-time, never fully focused for four years. So I had learned enough to be like, I think I can, I think I can do this really well. So, if so I, you were able to do six months because you had already six years of having conversations and doing uh, yes. activities here and there. Yes. Four years of knowledge and then, in, 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 and then six months of like, I'm going to focus, I'm going to go. And in those six months, I became my firm's top agent um, out of 100 people. And, um, and I went, yeah, I, I'm going to, I out hustled everybody. And, um, and I, what did that look like? So, I mean, it was again, New York city's different world than, than the Carolinas and, and our, our owner at the time had a bunch of ISAs. And so if you, and that's how a lot of teams look, by the way, that's how my team looks. Um, and, and they get, they give opportunities, but the hungry have to go seek. Nobody gets preferential treatment. You know, uh, his clock reset every, so it was a weird system. His clock reset at 12 o'clock, at 12 a.m. 12 a.m., so I would stay up until 12 a.m. every day to book certain houses, certain apartments and certain houses, and to go, this was 2006, 2007, uh, you know, we had to go either book the photographer, bring a photographer with us, or be the photographer oftentimes climbing up five flights of steps <laughs> and photography, you know, photoing, measuring, and, and basically getting the, to earn the right to run an ad for a day, KT, for a day, right? But this is New York City. Things don't last but days, right? At that time, I don't, I don't know about now, but at that time. So I hustled, I booked, you know, always booked the top 
what I thought were the top uh, options. Hustled, went the next morning, took the, you know, measured, took the photos, put them in, ran an ad, you know, paid 10 bucks to Craig because he's a real human. Craig's list was the thing because it wasn't MLS. And, um, and I got my phone to ring. And then I became my own ISA. I got the phone to ring and then I had to turn this phone call into a lead, right? And I, I got real good at, um, you know, phrases like I'm not in front of my computer right now. Tell me what, what caught your eye about this property. And they'd say, and I'd say, okay, well, here's, it's New York City. There's a very real probability that this thing already has applications on it. So I'm going to show it, but I want to show you more than just this one, which by the way, works in every market. Yeah. And, you, you just adding value immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. immediately and and saying you don't you can stop searching for agents i'm your guy yeah. and and it's, that was it's it so funny you you brought up the craigslist thing that is how i started my career within this business was after high school after school i would go to my parents office and i would run their craigslist ads for them and i tell people about that now and they go is that safe and i go probably wasn't but it's no one does it anymore <laughs> Yeah, it's true. There's a lot of things that we don't do anymore for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's great, man. So so you made the move out here. And how long did it take you for you uh, to start building your team, to start setting that up? So I'd say almost three years. So 2010, okay. um, it's funny, I, I was the realtor, rookie realtor of the year in Winston in 2010, selling like 13 houses, which wow. I had like, I had like a plate full of food at the dinner um and they announced my, my name and i was like what i just win like what and that's in winston-salem right yeah yeah yep. so you did 13 houses in winston-salem and that was top agent top agent you know i remember being like wow y'all are broke because i'm broke <laughs> right yeah. and 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 granted 2010 was the bottom absolute bottom of the market um you know in the 2011 um i think well, yeah, 2011, I sold $6 million. I went from selling like, you know, I think 12 houses was worth close to $2 million. Um, I sold, uh, what, so $6 million the next year. And then I remember it because I sold 12 and 12, 12 million and 12. I doubled. And I, I was close to $3 because I remember doubling the first several years. So I went 3, 6, 12, 25. And it was that um, somewhere between 12 and 25 that I started growing my team. And what was your first hire? So um, I did, I accidentally, because I wasn't with Keller Williams, I did, and I hadn't read the Red Book, um, I, I hired an admin who, like everybody, was a convenient hire, my mother-in-law, sweet as Deborah Foster is an, an angel. Um, she is a high eye and not an admin, right? So super inappropriate hire, but, but offered me leverage. She, she chatted like crazy to all my clients didn't really structure, provide the structure I needed, um, but provide the leverage from a communication perspective for me to go do more deals. And then I hired, um, my second hire was essentially a licensed admin. So again, following accidentally the model to physically allow me to be in multiple places. And then I started hiring appropriately. Ironically, at that time, I was getting recruited by KW to launch the Winston-Salem Market Center. And, um, and so I'm, I, I do start paying attention. I actually do start reading the red book. I do start realizing, oh, I need like actual administrative help. And if people are, don't know what you're talking about, what is the red book? Oh yeah. Good, good point. So the millionaire real estate agent, um, is, is the 
mean, not to be sacrilegious, it's the Real Estate Bible, right? Written by Jay and, and Gary, um, Jay Papazana, Gary Keller. And, and it is, it's all of the models and systems that can help you become a real estate agent, a millionaire real estate agent. So you, you accidentally followed the model there. And the model is the, the hiring process to give you the most leverage. Why was two admin, why was that your decision? Most people, when I talk to them and, and they don't know the model, they immediately go, I need a buyer's agent. That is almost always the, the, the like, the, yes. what, whatever it is in us that, that just says, I want a buyer's agent so I can quit doing that. Why did you go to the admin route instead? Well, it's funny, and I'm a um, again. We're talking all kinds of K- KW stuff, but I'm a I'm a DI, so I'm definitely success <laughs> uh, activities first, people second person. And I know that that sounds terrible to say out loud, folks, but I just know that about my personality. Um, but I'm a very high I too, so I do care about. People, but I, I care. Frankly, I care about um, a, a level of service and a, and, a, and and frankly, what success looks like even more. So for me, I I wasn't ready to let go of what when people say they want a buyer's agent. In my opinion, that they're letting go of the buyers. They're letting go of the you know the relationship element and and a big part of how they found their success. I mean, most people get their way into success through buyers. So I, I think it's an interesting thing to immediately let go of or quickly let go of where you found your success. And I didn't That's want to. Yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't want to. Um, now, as soon as I started learning from KW and I, after I hired an, you know, I actually hired three admin before I hired my first buyer's agent. That's awesome. And, and not on purpose, right? It was just, I wanted them to help me deliver better service and help me grow. And, and they did, right? They definitely did. And I think buyer's agents, can they do more deals? Sure. But are they going to do them at the level that, I mean, are you sure they're going to do them at the level that you're going to do them at, first of all? And second of all, um, are, who's, helping you, who's helping you make them not a hot mess if you're a hot mess? Which most agents, if they're going straight to buyer's agent, they're a hot mess. They're a hot mess. <laughs> so you've been now running this team for 12 years now. Is that about right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Definitely a decade. A decade. Decade? Yep. And so what's been like the biggest challenge from, from, from going from single agent to going single agent with three admin? Where was the challenges that, what was the biggest challenge that you found yourself in the past decade? And I mean, they've really varied, you know, at first it was finding uh, the talent I specifically needed. And that's always going to be everybody's first answer, right? Is finding the right fit, finding the right talent. That is, that is also the right fit. Um, I think, you know, that, and then I wanted, first, I really craved growth. And then my company um, that I was with uh, really treated me poorly on the way out, even though I had been fully transparent. Like I said, I love honesty. I love being fully transparent. I've been fully honest and transparent. Don't be that way, by the way. If you're with a firm, a traditional firm, don't be honest. They'll treat you terribly and they'll kick your butt out, physically out. And uh, yeah, yeah, you can't be that way with, you can with KW, frankly, because we believe it's your listings, right? Your leads, your listings, your business. Well, and and I think we do a good job of being open to conversations. 
whatever they might be. I mean, right. if there's opportunity somewhere else that makes sense, yeah. have a conversation about it. I mean, they, they, you can't be scared of conversations and a lot of these other brokerages, they are just not going to have conversations. They're going to just say, bye. Yep. We're not talking about that. Pack, yeah. Pack, pack your stuff and get out or, or we'll pack it for you. Yeah. 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 And, and so, you know, I, I think that at first it was, I was so, um, hair on fire, got to grow. And KW had a, frankly, bluntly, a terrible reputation in Winston. So I had a steep hill to climb with changing that reputation. And then, um, and then I, and ultimately people would laugh at me and within KW, they'd laugh at me because I, I didn't know any of the business. I'd lucked my way into following the model a little bit, but I didn't know all of these things. So when I'd go to KW trainings, I was like mind blown every single time. Um, by the way, side note, most people say, um, well, everybody's got KW's training now. That's not true. <laughs> That's just not true. But I think we've allowed that narrative to be said so much so that, that people actually believe that. That's still not true. Um, now, people who've been with KW for a long time, okay, that, they, they might have been to a lot of these trainings, but they probably need them again, KT, because the world is changing. And uh, most, you know, 50% of the agents haven't experienced the last, you know, they, they only know the last three years. <laughs> and, and so what I have one question and one comment. Why do you think that they don't have this kind of training yet? The internet exists. Everything's recorded. Why don't you think they have this kind of training yet? It's hundred percent. The internet does exist and they can't take, because that's frankly why, and not a shot at companies that are, are thriving in this, in this past virtual reality in the last two years, the, we don't live, and, and frankly, we, we, we can't live in a virtual world as realtors because the, if, if we did peace out, you don't have a job anymore, right? I mean, that's, that's and, and I don't think yet, I mean, in the future, it could be a thing, but yet we're a belly-to-belly -belly industry, right? We are a relationship industry. And, and all I'm saying is, can, can you learn certain things on Zoom? Yes. Um, do I believe that even those that aren't ADD and ADHD actually are maybe possibly on Zoom? Yes. I do not think of myself and never said that I'm an ADD guy, but on Zoom, KT, I'm literally like, doo -doo -doo, doo -doo -doo, like what's on my phone? I mean, I am not present. So I, I just will say that if that's how you're getting your education these days, I will know. I mean, you're not, you're getting an eighth at most. Yeah, could you imagine studying Broadway musicals from Zoom? I mean, I just, it doesn't seem like it's going to work out. <laughs> no, no. And it's not that it's the same in real estate, man. I mean, you got to be able to ask questions. You got to be able to be fully present. And you're in a classroom, you know, you don't have your phone like this when you're in a classroom because it's really awkward. And I mean, you can for a little bit, but it would be really rude. Right to do that all class long. Well, on Zoom, that's what people are doing. They're minimizing their screen. They're doing other like why? You're not learning. So first of all, that's that farce needs to be brought to the forefront. That's that's not a thing. You can't learn on Zoom, in my opinion, long term. And then secondly, dude, I mean, I mean it. Most of the, like I would say more than fifty percent of our industry has only experienced the last like five years of real estate. They yeah. 
they, they know a, a, an increasing market and then a, what I believe will be an asterisk two years that these last two years have been compared to like much like 08 and 09 were asterisk years. I mean, for opposite reasons, 2020 and 2021 were, are going to be asterisk, in my opinion, forever as like an anomaly. So if you know that market and you only know the market right before that, you don't know, you don't know a normal market. Yeah, it's incredible the conversations we're having right now just about open houses. I mean, there's, there's a large majority of my office that has no idea what goes into an open house because they haven't had the, it's not their fault. They genuinely haven't had the opportunity to go out and do one. It hasn't made any sense when their house is going to be sold in three hours. They, they've never said, okay, this listing will get me another two pieces of business because I know that's the model that yeah. hasn't been the, the facts for them. So now they're having to relearn full new systems and it's a learning curve that they are getting hit hard with. Hard, hard. And most of the agents, again, the last specific in the last two, three years, they do, they don't know how to negotiate because there really wasn't negotiating. Right. And, and they don't know how to position because there ain't been no positioning. You've been listing the property and it's getting offers. You know, they don't know um, how, how to communicate effectively and properly with their cross agent. Um, and all they've really learned to do, or they've not eaten, is how to set expectations and communicate with the client what winning will take, right? And that's a good, I'm not diminishing that value. That's, that's an important lesson. And kudos to the agents who got good at that and because they, they put things under contract, um, and, and, the, and those that had the relationships have been great, have been flourishing because all it really took was having that relationship to list the property because you got paid. So moving forward, you're going to need to position, meaning like go in and have hard conversations with sellers about certain aspects of their home. You're going to need to have a better Rolodex of contractors to help them position. You're going to need to negotiate again. You're going to need to get creative right? With interest rates, if you rep builders, you might want to help them buy down rates for their clients so that they can, you know, win in a competitive market, which is coming. You know, you're in the triangle. Triangle is a, is a unique beast because of the amount of jobs coming there that I don't, I don't know if the inventory is going to get to capture, catch up the way it has in, and is in other major cities. Um, but it still is going to be different than the last two years have been. Yeah. I mean, our, our days on market has finally gone up. So, I mean, we, we are seeing, even if it's in small increments, we're, we're seeing the same thing. I think most places are seeing. So I, I love that advice for it. And, and over, over the next year to two years, based on everything you've seen going on, what habits, what things would you suggest for people to really start looking into really start, what habits would you want people to start building going forward? So I think agents need to, if they haven't already, they need to become massive nerds of their market, right? They need to geek out on the data. They need to be in. What does that look market. like? That looks like, I mean, look, they've got, they got access to the tools, right? Whether it's one MLS or 12, depending on where you live, uh, it, you know, that's gotten better, but it's still, you know, I know in the triangle, there's, there could be several. The reality is you need to geek out on the data, wherever that is, whatever your MLS is. Um, you need to be in it every day. You need to know your absorption rates your days on markets, 
your, your, what is your inventory? Where is it high? You need, cause it's going to get hyper, hyper, hyper local. You can't even say the triangle or Raleigh even, right? You have to be very specific to certain neighborhoods. Uh, you need to be communicating that openly. You need to be picking the agents brains. Uh, in my opinion, they need to be talking to people who are in the industry in 03, 04, 05, because it's a rising inventory and a rising interest rate. Hmm. When was the last time that happened? Right. That was, that was basically 03, 04, 05, 06. And then, yeah, it was a little bit of 18 and 19, but not really. It's so funny. Everybody that, that I know that is incredibly successful within, you know, our industry really got their start around the same time you did. Like it's all the people that said, I didn't get that scared in 07, 08. And I still jumped in 08, 09, 10. And that is the successful people in our company who stuck with it through those bad years and really took advantage of that market. And I think we're going to see that again, where people jump into this and take advantage of all the, the scarcity mindset that's going around with this industry. Take full advantage of it. This is your chance to shine. A hundred percent. There are going to be agents and you're seeing them. Like, I think that you're going to, it's the irony is like, we're, we're going, the top agents at these cheap firms are, you know, and I'm not, we're not, this isn't intended to knock any, uh, any office or pump up KW, but you are seeing firms that have a lot of the top agents um, are attracting other top agents. Um, and then firms that don't um, are losing folks to the cheap firms because the first thing agents do when they get, scarcity minded is they start first they cut rent right then they you know an office bill then they cut potentially their firm and go to a cheaper firm which is frankly the just as bad if not worse than the next one they cut which is often their coach right which is often their training and their improvement based um, monies and and that those are investing in yourself what are what are you doing those are the worst decisions you can make but it's what uh, scarcity-minded people are going to do, which is why, to your point, the top people typically, you know, I mean, and you, you know, Gary, um, I don't even actually think it was Gary. I think it was somebody in at KWRI though. The Buffalo story, man, it is the agents that are Buffaloes, right? For for those folks that don't know the Buffalo story, that yeah, when, what's the Buffalo story? So when uh, in in storms, you always know when a storm's coming because uh, cows uh, start um, retreating. They start moving as quickly away from where they, where, where they sense. And cows have an incredible sense of where a storm is coming from, and they start slowly moving away from it, which is funny because they ain't getting away from it, right? I mean, cows, let's face it. All their, and, and, and buffaloes do the opposite. In fact, when buffaloes sense a storm is coming, they immediately start running, stampeding towards the storm. And people that were fasc fascinated with that. And the reality is the scientific data shows that by running to the storm and through the storm, they shorten the storm. And, run, and by, by moving away from the storm, you elongate it. And so the, the moral is, right, be a buffalo. Run, through, run to the fire. Run to, run through the storm. And I mean, I think it's safe to say that no doubt we're, we're, we're moving into a recession. And 
And what does that look like for real estate? We don't know. Most of the recessions have actually been just fine for real estate. This might be the same way, um, but, but life is going to get, it has gotten more expensive and most people aren't making more. So it's getting harder. My point would be, to your point about people who got into the industry in the toughest time, they bet on themselves and they ran to the fire, right? They ran to the storm and they bet on themselves. And they, and they, a lot of them found success. And the agents that are out there going, how do I cut a dime? You know, which by the way, don't, don't hear me wrong. I mean, you know, cut, cut spending from a personal perspective, for sure. Don't cut it from a professional perspective. In fact, lean in, ask yourself where you found success. Lean in, hold the money accountable, right? Highly accountable. Lean in and you won't be mad. Well, man, I think that's a great way for us to end it. That was awesome. So, hey, if somebody wants to send you a referral or get in contact with you, how do they do that? Thank you, brother. So, theginthergroup.com. Um, and I, we're actually referrals at theginthergroup.com. But if you look up, look us up, we got to be the because of some company in Texas. Uh, so, theginthergroup.com or, or call me at 336-283-8689. Awesome, brother. Well, I really appreciate this. Thank you for your time. Guys, Please like and subscribe to this. Uh, leave us a five star. We are we're actually getting a lot of traction. I'm really, really happy with how this is going. Eventually, I might actually name this thing. So have a great day, everyone. Uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for having me on.